Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. I am about to introduce you to an absolutely delightful author. Her name is Junie O'Carroll's, and she's here to talk about her book, Bittersweet Neighborhood. Now, she's quite an interesting person in her own right. Not only is she a retired educational social worker whose hobbies include writing scripts for murder mysteries and hosting murder mystery parties as well. She's very interested in doing astrology charts. She loves everything to do with the supernatural. She's an avid reader, and she also enjoys horror movies. Junio, welcome to Books on Air. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Suzanne, and thank you for having me. You know, it's been my experience that authors write books for all kinds of reasons. And there are usually two stories to every book. There's the story that the author writes in the book, and the book is published, and the reader reads. But then there's always this secret backstory. There's always a reason, a way, an event, something that caused the book to be created. What's the secret backstory behind Bittersweet Neighborhood? Well, it's <laughs> um, there's two reasons, really. I don't know if you've heard of a series called Shit's Creek. It's a Canadian series. And I watched every one and I thought, I could write that about the people that I live around uh, and just uh, people who... Um, were characters in their own right Uh, and it is based on the neighbours that I had where I was living and they were characters and I've just twisted it and spiced it up a little bit to make it more interesting for the readers yes you have (laughs) (laughs) I have known these people they do exist do they know that they're the basis for the characters in your novel? No, that's why I've chosen a pen name and I've now moved from the area and living in a different area. <laughs> so I think I'm pretty safe now. I love it. And the other thing that I think is so funny is that you were inspired by a television show. You watched that and you thought, wait a minute, my neighbors are that crazy too. Let me sit exactly. down and write this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's true. Um, you all have um, people, friends, neighbors, even family that uh, you could write books about. I you think. absolutely are right. I absolutely agree with you. And there's an old adage that they say about writers. They will say to beginning writers, write what you know. Exactly. It makes perfect sense to me. It does. Yeah, well, l- let's give the listeners a little overview of Bittersweet okay. Neighborhood. Just sort of tell <laughs> me a little bit about what happens and who they are. Okay. Uh, who do you want me to mention first? Anybody <laughs> you want to. Author's choice. Well, um, John Crowley, who I told you about, was a talking book host, said to me, uh, he said, I think I know which character you've based yourself on. And he said, I think you're Ginger. 
And when I come to think about it, I think I have based ginger roughly on myself. So tell me but, about it. Well, um, she's just um, different, um, a little bit secretive, um, likes to um, do things out of character and doesn't like to be, um, what's the word, pigeonholed. She's, she's just different and an exciting person. And, uh, you know, I just like the idea of being something similar to Ginger. She's, Who's married uh, to the car freak. Yes, yes. Now, that is not my husband, I can assure you. <laughs> but it is based on an old boyfriend. So, it, so in a way, yes. It, it, um, but it's not the hobby I have now. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness he was an old boyfriend and a, in the past. Yes, yes, it was very, very, very car, um, car mad, we'll put it that way, yes. He kisses his cars goodnight. That's it, that's like the song, the Shania Twain song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd put that one in so people might remember the song. Well, and we also have the widow, Cindy. Oh, right, Cindy, yes. She was my next-door neighbour, and her hubby did die um, quite young of unusual circumstances. Uh, but I don't think she actually poisoned him. That's the bit that I made up. <laughs> but she, we'll put it this way. She didn't um, cry buckets of tears. Um, I think she was quite relieved to um, see the back of him. So... Wow. She does exist. <laughs> wow. And she does have a big dog that's quite vicious. And she's got a crush on Luke, and so that adds to it, because Luke and Ginger are not very physical, because Luke is always interested in the cars, and he works hard, <laughs> and he comes home, and he doesn't want to deal with anything. He, he just nope. doesn't understand what she wants. Exactly. And so here's Cindy, who is always after him, isn't she? Oh, yes, yes. She was a bit of a man magnet. Yes, definitely, yeah. And she I lived in the... she was very fussy. <laughs> she lived in the Greek Isles. She's from the Greek Isles, is that right? Yes, yes, yes. She has a twin sister. They were twins. They were, um, they were Greek, uh, brought up in Greece and brought over here when they were very young. Yes, so that bit is true. She sounds very exotic. She is a bit, yes. Yes, that's it. both sisters are. Um, they are um, definitely uh, characters in their own right. Well, then we have Dottie, who is sort of the heartbeat, or maybe I should say the eyes of the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she, she is based on uh, an elderly lady that um, she was the neighbourhood watch, to put it politely. Uh, twitchy curtains and uh, knew what everybody was doing, and uh, if you know what I mean. You all have a neighbour like that, I'm sure. Oh, yes. So, yeah, she does exist as well. Oh, I yes. Tried to soft, I tried to soften her up a, a little bit, make her a little bit nicer than she was. It reminds me of a Midsummer Murders, where the neighbor, <laughs> the, the neighbor was up in this. She had this 
sort of watchtower in her house, and she would go up, and she had her binoculars, and oh, she was gosh. spying on everybody. That's sort of who I saw in my head when I was reading about Dottie. I watch I watch that Midsummer Murders all the time. I love it. Oh, me too. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I love it, yeah. So, Marie. Now, Marie sounds like the neighbor who is exhibiting some symptoms maybe of dementia. She's becoming a little forgetful. There have been several events, and Dottie has sort of, um, she's trying to intervene, intervene with Marie's well, daughter. Well, has, Dottie has a good heart. She she can't help um, the way she is, but she, she's got a very kind heart, and she does worry about Marie, um, because Marie's on her own, and her, her own daughter, and this is perfectly true, it's based on, on a neighbour I know, her daughter, uh, she had liver sour, she wasn't really interested in coming to visit her, and many a time, you would see smoke coming out of her kitchen, and um, one of the neighbours would have to 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 go in, and she'd have left the stove on, or she burnt that many kettles. So it is a real person, but I've just made her a little bit worse than she actually was. And you know, she was at home. seeing something like that in the neighbourhood, realizing that one of your neighbours is having issues like that, and trying to um, bring it to the attention of a of a child, and the, the the kid doesn't want to hear it. I mean, no. I get it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to have to deal no. with it. They don't want to think about no. it. And we've all thought of our parents. You know, they're always there. They've always been there all of our lives. And so we don't true. want to think about the time when they won't be there. No, no, that's true. Yeah, We tend to um, don't want to know about the bad things if they're poorly or um, we like to remember them as they are, don't we? It's uh, human nature, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think we all feel that way. We okay. all want we all want our relatives, or our, at least our parents, to be immortal. I guess. Yes, true. <laughs> Whether our kids feel the same about us, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Now, Duke is is Dottie's husband, and the neighbors are not very kind to the two of them. They call them behind their backs, <laughs> dumb and dumber. <laughs> Well, well, we'll put it this way. They were both at the back of the queue when they were handing out common sense <laughs> and grains. But a nice couple. A bit do Lally and Dippy. But, yeah, a nice couple. Yeah. And then Christian, the vegan. Yes. Now, he's the only one that I've made up. I don't know. I, I just have to make someone up um, to just bring a little bit different into the story. So he is definitely total fiction. I don't know him at all. Just made him up. When you were making him up, I love to talk to fiction writers because fiction writers' brains work very differently. <laughs> when you were when you were writing the book, did you I guess my question is really are you a planner or are you a pantser? Do you sit down at a computer or take out a pad and just start to write because the movie starts in your head? Or are you the kind of writer that sits down and you outline everything before you start? No, I'm a pad and pen person, and I just sit there, and whatever comes out, I write it down. I just knew you were a pad and pen person. I just (laughs) knew that. 
I totally am a technophobe. <laughs> but you know, there's something different that happens, I've always thought, with a pad and a pen and actually writing while your brain is working on this and you're sitting there and the the information, the plot, the characters, everything is flowing out of your pen as you're sitting there writing it down while it's going on through your head. I think that's a very different process than sitting yeah. down at a computer and it's typing. More, it's more exciting, isn't it, I think? It's being a pad and pencil person myself, I would agree with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, it, part of it may be that I cr- I'm a concrete learner. So I need to, you know, get my hands, when I'm saying that, I'm doing this mental thing. I need to get my hands around the information. And for me, writing things down with a writing instrument, whether it's a pencil, usually I do a a black Sharpie pen. I don't know. There's something about me and black Sharpie pens. I I just like (laughs) that. I'm there with you. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's something about that. You and I are kind of frightening. We've been talking about all these things that are sort of alike before we started recording this. (laughs) But the black Sharpie pen, there's something about that for me. And once I write that down, um, it's like it sticks in my head and it comes out of my head much easier somehow. I I can't explain it. But I've done the fictional character creation myself, and I know that it's it's different. When you start talking about being a fiction writer and creating characters, they are somebody that you have made up. But you yeah. see them as if you were sitting next to them in the tea shop or in Starbucks or whatever. They yeah. have a, they they have become, a face. They become real to you, don't they? Yes, they do. And yeah. I, th- I think for someone who does not write and who has never had that kind of creative experience, it sounds like we're both a bag of nuts. I mean, it really does, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Probably. They might be right, might they? <laughs> they might be right. You may be, that may be exactly right. So how did, how did Christian come into your head? Did he just come full-blown and you saw him, or did he come in bits, or how did he come into your head? Well, I've... Uh, through my job, I've had an awful lot of experience with judges, barristers, solicitors, and I must say, I've never come across one that's been totally honest or nice. <laughs> I'm sorry Ooh. if any barristers or solicitors are listening, but to me, they're only in it for one thing, and that's the money. Um, there might be some genuine ones, but I've struggled to find one. So... Um, I had to bring in a soft side to him, but uh, um, that's how I, you know, I viewed uh, solicitors and barristers over the years. It's uh, that's been your experience, yeah. That's been your experience. Yeah, it's experience, yeah. Now we've yeah. described between the two of us talking about the characters. We've described a, a neighborhood that sounds interesting. What we haven't what we haven't told them is that there are twists and turns around every corner that are totally unexpected in this novel, yeah. and that's part yeah. of the fun of reading it. This is a wonderful read. It's very, it's just one of those things you could sit on a on a bus or a plane or <laughs> at the beach and and just get lost and enjoy yourself. Good. <laughs>
we won't tell them about the twists and the turns. We no, 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 no. We won't no. tell them about They've all got their dark secrets that they're hoping to keep secret. Yes. When you were writing the book, or when you think about the book, who do you see in your head reading it? Who do you think your audience would be for this? Junior? Um, people want something light-hearted, but um, interesting, and maybe parts where they can have a laugh, or parts where they just feel a bit sad, or maybe parts where they think, oh gosh, yes, that's happened to me, or just everyday life things. Um Nothing too scary, uh, nothing too, um, no murders, things like that. It's uh, just aimed at maybe people like myself, <laughs> you know, do lally. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, let's tell our listeners where they can find the book. Now, I usually talk about Amazon just because it can be, if you've never if you've never bought a book from Amazon, I think the first time you go there, it's a little intimidating. I remember the first time I went to Amazon, I thought, oh, my, what is all yeah. this? Because there's so much stuff on their home page. So yeah. if, if somebody just puts in www.amazon.com and clicks on it, they will go straight to the big, big boy Amazon. Yes. But there's a bunch of pictures and stuff. What you're looking for is a long, sort of a light gray, empty rectangular box in that box here's what you put this is the title of Junio's book bittersweet b-i-t-t-e-r s-w-e-e-t <clears throat> excuse me neighborhood now you can tell that Junio is British so the neighborhood is spelled n-e-i-g-h b-o-u-r H-O-O-D. So it's Bittersweet Neighborhood by Junio, J-U-N-I-O, last name, Carols, C-A-R-O-L-S. Put that in your search feature, click on it, and the book will come right up. And you'll see this really cute cover of the book. Is there a story behind the cover? Um. No, not really. Uh, the cover, um, Arthur House um, illustrator came up with that cover for me. I think it's really cute. It is. It's uh, it's got all different nationalities on it. It uh, it's quite cultural. You're right, and I think it's perfect for right now. I really think the book is a perfect book for right now because it's it's an escape. <laughs> the, the world is so complicated. There are so many things happening everywhere. This is a way to just sort of sit down, open up another world, another neighborhood, and read about a group of people who are doing some really crazy, wild things in a neighborhood, and it allows you to escape. And I think it's perfect timing for this, Junio. So Thank you. click on that. When you look at the book... In the upper right-hand corner, you'll see two words. And I remember when I first went to Amazon, I didn't really understand what this was. You'll see the two words, look inside. I didn't know that if you just put your cursor on that and click on it, that the book will electronically open. Please do that, because then you can read an excerpt of these characters. You can read an excerpt of the book. 
it will she will take you the, the excerpt is perfect it takes you right up to a certain place and then it stops and you want to know what's next. And so if you want to know what ne- what's next, you need to buy a copy of the book. It's right there. <laughs> so it's absolutely so well done. You can buy the the book right there. You can click on it. It's a Kindle book. It's paperback. Does it come in hardback? I'm not too sure. Um, on Amazon, I would have thought it would. I think so, too, if I yeah. remember. I looked at the page, and I think that it does come in hardback. Yeah. Now, some of our listeners, I know, since we've talked about Amazon being the the major distributor and seller of books around the world, actually, because I know there's also an Amazon UK, is there somewhere else, if our listeners don't want to buy from the big boy or the big girl, I don't know if it's, I guess you shouldn't give a sex to Amazon, but (laughs) if they don't want to buy from Amazon, is there somewhere else, Junio, that they can find the book? I would have thought from my publisher, from Author House Solutions uh, in America, I would have thought they would be able to, to purchase it from them. I agree. Um, yeah. I think all they'd have to do is put in the Author House Solutions, Google that, click on the website, and then put in the title of the book, or even just put in your name. How many other books have you written? Would they be there as well? Yes, my first book was uh, was called Trailer Trash Havana, and that was based on uh, we were falling on hard times and we went to live in a trailer, and that's based on all the neighbours that were living in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) So they're based on real people. So that was my first book that they published, and uh, Bittersweet Neighbourhood's the second one. Oh, I love it. I don't want to live next door to you. You're far too observant. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Junio. Our time together has come to an end almost, almost. And I really hate to let you go. You've just been so delightful. (laughs) Thank you. When our listeners become readers and they do pick up their own copy of Bittersweet Neighborhood, whether it's electronic or physical, and they sit down and they fall into this world that's that you've created in lavender muse and they start to read they won't be able to put the book down it's so much fun to read good they'll read it they'll read it all the way through when they come to the very 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 last page and they read that last page and they close the back cover either electronically or physically for the last time do you want them just to just feel like they've been entertained by a fun, interesting story that had a lot of twists and turns and things they didn't expect? Or is there something else besides feeling well, like they've been entertained that you want them to take away? Well, I would like them to enjoy it and be entertained, but I would like them to... It's got a moral. We should all be grateful for what we have and the life that we live, and never, ever be envious of your next-door neighbour, because, as you know, their life not might, not might be as nice as you would imagine it to be. So just be grateful for what you've got in life and make the most of it. Wonderful advice. Thank yeah. you so much for being with me today. It's just been delightful and a pleasure to talk with you. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for for having me on, really, and I will let you know when my third book's published, I promise. <laughs> Please do. I can't wait I for will. the third one. Now, remember, you can find 
Bittersweet Neighborhood by Junie O'Carrolls on Amazon and on the Author House website. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I so hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.